five games in, and he is making all the right plays, all the right passes, and getting the ball into the hot hands on the floor. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Yelling and Propelling, episode number 15 here on the show. Shout out to Johnny Bryant, Dice Yoshimoto, and Rick Brunson, all of whom recently got interviewed by our sideline reporter, Rebecca Harlow. Shout out to her as well, which made me want to shout them out naturally. They've done a phenomenal job in their 10 years as assistant coaches underneath Tom Thibodeau two of which have been going for a few years, one of which began earl- earlier this year, and that most recent one happens to be the father of the player in our title of today's episode, of course, Rick Brunson being Jalen Brunson's father. I cannot wait to get into why Jalen Brunson has been orchestrating the Knicks offense like an absolute maestro in the first five regular season games the Knicks have played thus far, but first, weekly recap Games have begun, the madness is starting to ensue, and if you think it's just another slow start to an NBA season, think again, because the Jazz are 4-2, and two, and the Sixers are the inverse of that, 2-4. and four. So yes, it is madness, ladies and gentlemen. In a shocking decision, the San Antonio Spurs have released guard Josh Primo, who was the 12th overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft, and was drafted at 18 years old, making him the youngest player in the league last season. Primo was a very raw player, but on the come-up, and in a great system, that being with Greg Popovich and the Spurs, and he issued the following statement after he was waived. Quote, I know that you are all surprised by today's announcement. I've been seeking help to deal with previous trauma I suffered and will now take this time to focus on my mental health treatment more fully. I hope to be able to discuss these issues in the future so I can help others who have suffered in a similar way. I appreciate privacy at this time. So we will, of course, grant him his privacy and we wish him nothing but the best. A couple of injuries in the handful of games that have been played thus far. Washington Wizards guard DeLon Wright is expected to miss six to eight weeks with a grade two hamstring strain. Those are never fun. Orlando Magic point guard Cole Anthony suffered an oblique muscle injury and is expected to be sidelined indefinitely. The Magic are now without him, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, Mo Wagner, and Jonathan Isaac. Yikes. Zion Williamson had a very scary fall in the Pelicans matchup with the Jazz last week. He had a dunk attempt blocked from behind and was slammed into the ground, but thankfully only suffered a small hip contusion and should return very soon. Lastly, the Portland Trailblazers, first of all, have gotten off to a surprising 5-1 start against some pretty legit teams. However, star point guard Damian Lillard suffered a calf strain in a game a few days ago and will be reevaluated in about two weeks' time. Alright, what noteworthy win-loss ratios are currently attached to NBA teams two weeks into the season? Well, the other New York team, not named the Knicks, have started off their season 1-4. and four. Uh, Ben Simmons still looks afraid to score. He airballed the layup the other day, so maybe he should be. KD and Kyrie are putting up good numbers, but it has yet to lead to winning basketball this season. The Cleveland Cavaliers are currently 4-1. and one. Donovan Mitchell has looked absolutely phenomenal in a Cavs uniform so far. He's averaging 31 in their first five games, but still, he's not getting the recognition that he truly deserves, despite being involved in the biggest trade of the offseason. I mean, listen to this. Friday night, the Cavs defeated the Celtics 132-123. to Donovan Mitchell finished the game with 41 points, and... 
in that same game, another player scored 41 points. And if you're assuming it's Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, you'd be wrong. It was Karis LeVert. The two of them, Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert, combined for 82 points. Like, why is nobody talking about this? Two weeks into the season, there are just two teams yet to snatch their first win, that being number one, the Sacramento Kings. They're 0-4, not a huge shocker there, but the other team also resides in LA, and it's the Lakers. They're 0-5. Russ got benched already, and I feel like that's enough said, you know? Like, they're screwed. The New York Knicks, too, have played their first five games of the season, and let me go over all five of them just very briefly and let you know what you might have missed if you weren't able to catch any of the five. Opening night in Memphis, how did we fare against John Morant and the Grizzlies? Well, not perfect because we did end up losing this game 115 to 112. This was one where we were down as many as 19 points in the third quarter, fought all the way back in that short amount of time, uh, sent it to overtime, and gave the Grizzlies a very real run for their money. But with nine seconds left in regulation, we're down three. Jalen Brunson is driving into the paint, and of course the Grizzlies can afford to give up a layup in this situation, but they panicked collapsed on Jalen Brunson in the paint. He kicks out to an open Cam Reddish in the corner, and yes, you heard me right, Cam Reddish was in the game at this point playing very meaningful crunch time minutes, so it's awesome to see that Tibbs is showing his trust in Cam early in the season. So Cam catches, gathers, goes into a shot with two Grizzlies defenders flying by, scrambling out, and the entire Memphis Grizzlies bench Uh, on their feet, breathing down his neck, fading out of bounds. He hits the shot all net, leaves 2.5 on the clock, ties the game. I was losing my mind at this point. But keep in mind, 2.5 seconds is more than enough time to get a good shot off, especially when you have John Morant coming at the basket with a full head of steam, which they were able to set up. But once again, Jalen Brunson does it. This time on the defensive end, he slides in, sets his feet, stays stationary, and takes a charge. The uh, Memphis Grizzlies entire fan base thought that it was a blocking foul and one because John Morant hit this crazy circus shot. But uh, the ref pointed the other direction. Again, I lost my mind. Um, and it was the right call. When you look at the replay, he completely had his feet set, was out of the restricted zone. So by some miracle, we were able to send this game to overtime. Huge amounts of credit go to Jalen Brunson and Cam Reddish for this one. And unfortunately in OT, we were defeated, you know, just ran out of gas and uh, ran out of that magic or whatever you want to call it. But seriously, the ultimate sign of great things to come in this one, if you ask me. Cam Reddish had 22 points off the bench and 16 of that or something, maybe 14, 16 points were in the fourth quarter. So he was so clutch in this one. Julius Randle had a very efficient 24-11 and 11 game, and Jalen Brunson's regular season Knicks debut, he tacked on 15 points along with 6 rebounds and 9 assists. R.J. Barrett, however, got off to a nightmarish start to the season. He shot 3 for 18, and let me repeat that, folks, 3 for 18. Like, he shot 18 shots and only made 3 of them. That is atrocious, but Yeah, we'll get into RJ bouncing back and all that in just a little bit. The Grizzlies star point guard John Morant scored 34 in this game and uh, didn't get a whole lot of help. There was a couple other scores in double figures, but if you watch the game, you know he was their whole team that night, and, you know, most nights he is. Game number two went a lot better for us. Our home opener against the Detroit Pistons, we won in blowout fashion. Uh, They were clearly outmatched. It was a blowout from 
basically the very beginning. RJ had a nice bounce back game here, only 18 points, but he shot 8 for 15, so above 50%. Julius with 15, Jalen Brunson with 17, and Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin each scored 20 and 16 respectively off the bench. In our third game, we were victorious once again, this time over the Orlando Magic, 115-102. to They're all banged up right now, like I alluded to earlier, so it's actually kind of impressive they were staying with us throughout this one. It was just at the end, we kind of pulled away. Julius Randle had himself another very efficient scoring game, 25 points on 10 for 19 shooting, 12 rebounds. You could tell he was in control and wasn't forcing the issue the entire game. RJ Barrett didn't shoot super well, but still got to the 20 point mark. And Jalen Brunson also himself tacked on 21. And this one's noteworthy. Emmanuel quickly in 23 minutes of action in a game that was a, pretty much a foul-a-thon from the very beginning. He didn't score a single point. Uh, he went scoreless in this one, but was very active, had six rebounds and eight assists. Game number four, our third consecutive game defending home court. We took on the Charlotte Hornets, and it was another overtime thriller. Two overtimes in the first four games of the season is crazy, but we came out on top this time around, thankfully, 134 to 131. We had all sorts of problems defensively in this one. Uh, just couldn't guard our own man, and we were leaving shooters open throughout the entire game. It was closer than it needed to be. We had P.J. Washington out there looking like a prime Steve Novak. And shout out Dennis Smith Jr., former Nick. He finished with 14 points and 11 assists. It's great to see him still balling out. But our savior in this one, once again, was Jalen Brunson. Are you starting to catch a pattern here? Are you seeing why I made him the title and why we need to talk about him right away? He scored 27 points, hit a crucial three-pointer down the stretch, also had 13 assists along with seven rebounds. RJ had 22 in this one. And the blockness monster Mitchell Robinson had six rejections. Already looking like he's one of the top defenders in the league this year, and I'm really rooting for him to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. And last but not least, game number five, we took on the Milwaukee Bucks. Unfortunately, we're defeated in Milwaukee, 119-108. to We were trying to deliver Milwaukee their first loss of the season, but we were unable to do so. The score makes it seem like it was a bit closer than it really was. They were in control throughout the entire game. They were making us play their game. It was one of those games where we seemed like we were defending Giannis kind of well, but he still finished with 30 points and 14 rebounds and 9 assists. So, you know, there was some work to be done there. The Bucks are just so good defensively. Nobody really got anything going. Quickly had 14 off the bench, and Derrick Rose had 12. Nice to see Derrick Rose getting into the mix. But yeah, it was a tough loss. So in the first five games of the season, we end up with a 3-2 and two record. Which isn't bad, you know? We won the games we were supposed to, fought hard, but lost in the games we were expected to lose in. There's been some bright spots along with some low lights, and that's natural. And even for the Milwaukee game, I feel like it wasn't a complete throwaway, and we should just try to disregard it, pretend it never happened, because there's still valuable things that we can pull out of that game and look back on later in the season, because it is way too early to be getting too high or too low on any anything that's going on right now, a specific player's performance, our team's performance at certain times. So it's just it's just way too early to be overreacting to anything. We can, however, react without the word over in front of it and take a look at which players have been the most impressive and the most disappointing thus far early in the season. And to me, what's gotten the biggest reaction out of me has been Jalen Brunson's play in the first five games. You gotta understand 
how much of a long time coming it's been for the Knicks to find their guy at the point guard position. Season after season, it's just been next man up, and we look at our roster, take a guy who's under 6'5", and say, hey, can you dribble? Great, you're our point guard now. MSG Network had a graphic that showed the past 10, 15 years or something, where it was opening night uh, rosters and who's starting at point guard on opening night for the Knicks for the past 10, 15 years, and it basically changed every year. There was never like consecutive years where we had the same point guard, so it's been a very long time coming. Consistent scoring and playmaking from the point guard position, which sounds like a necessity for any team that wants to win, but it's been missing on this team for far too long. We've had some solid playmakers over the years at the point guard position. Don't get me wrong, Pablo Prigioni, Jose Calderon, bro, I love those guys. I loved watching them run the point back in the day, probably 2012, 2013. And even, let's go back not just two years ago with Alfred Payton. He was a pretty solid playmaker. The problem was those guys can't create their own shots, especially Alfred Payton. I mean, he couldn't score to save his life. It was a known fact that given the right floor spacing, Jalen Brunson can score at a very efficient level in the NBA, right? We knew this when we knew that he would come to New York and he would get his buckets. But he has never been an outstanding playmaker in his career. And that's for his position. You know, he's a solid playmaker, but for the point guard in today's NBA, he's not, you know, above average, let's say that. And five games in, and he is making all the right plays, all the right passes, and getting the ball into the hot hands on the floor. And this one might be the most important for a point guard in today's NBA. He's not trying to do too much or too little, and doing too much is pretty self-explanatory, but doing too little is the interesting one here. If you're a top player on an NBA team, and you go into a game, you're, you miss your first couple of shots, and you just feel off in that game, then you start to shy away from shots, and you're passing up on open looks, that would be doing too little. And it's every player's responsibility to not pass up on their open looks, even if they're having a bad shooting night. But in particular, it's the top scorers who bear this biggest responsibility. And Jalen Brunson so far has looked like the perfect happy medium between those two. He's getting to his spots and hitting his shots when he knows that he's capable of doing so. And when he goes into a little stump, you'll see him go like three straight possessions and miss some pretty good looks for him. But still, he's able to like create in other ways and affect the game positively in other ways. His playmaking so far has been superb and to illustrate that point there's a couple of statistics that I can read off. First and foremost his assist averages back when he was with the Dallas Mavericks. He never averaged over five assists per game in a season. The most he averaged was 4.8 last year and this year he's already above seven. I know it's five games in don't get me wrong but 7.2 assists per game thus far, but his usage rate is up, so that's supposed to be up, right? But you know what also goes up with a higher usage rate is turnovers. Now compare last season when he had 1.6 turnovers, you'd think it'd go up quite a bit. So far, he's averaging still less than two turnovers per game. Right now, he's at 1.8 per game. And a lot of Nick's Twitter was talking about how in the first two games of the season, he had 15 assists with not a single turnover. I thought it was funny. Mike Breen said on the broadcast in the third game against the Orlando Magic, he said that when Brunson did have his first turnover as a Nick, he said, well, in case anybody was betting on Jalen Brunson going the entire season without a turnover, you just lost that bet. So I thought I got a kick out of that. But the turnover to assist ratio is possibly the most important statistic for an NBA point guard because it could really 
really be a telltale sign of how well that point guard is running the team's offense. You look at a player who averages a lot of turnovers, and if they're averaging a lot of assists with those turnovers, then you could say, okay, well, they're getting these turnovers from trying to create for their teammates and making, you know, risky passes to get a, their teammate an open look. But if you have a player who averages the same amount of turnovers and significantly less assists, then you could look at that player and say, okay, this is the type of guy to spam dribble moves out on the perimeter and then get ripped. He's not as willing to create for his teammates and doesn't take good care of the ball. So yes, over seven assists and less than two turnovers is a very good turnover to assist ratio for a point guard, especially one that is more of a scorer and not as much of a playmaker. Jalen Brunson's playmaking is what's impressed me the most so far in the first five games, but really just the way he gets to his spots and posts up players that are like five inches taller than him and probably have 50 pounds on him. He has such good like footwork in the paint. It's almost like the footwork of like a post player and he gets the fade away at the high post or whatever it is. Like those are good looks for him. Not good looks for everybody, but they're very good looks for him. And he hits those at a very high percentage. We are five games into the 2022-2023 NBA season, as I've said more than five times on this episode. But let's take a quick look at our top scorers' points per game. All three of them right around the same spot. Jalen Brunson, who I've been talking about, is averaging 18.6. Julius Randle is averaging 19 on the dot. And RJ Barrett is averaging 18.2 points per game. So it's cool to see that we have three players all averaging 18+. plus. All three just shy of the 20-point mark right now, but if I had to make a prediction, one of those three will average more than 20 points per game when it's all said and done later in the season, and I think that player will be R.J. Barrett. I think Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson will kind of float around where they're at, just below 20, but I think is going to get to that 22-23 point mark once he really gets his three-point shot going again. But hey guys, that's just about all I got for you in this episode of Yelling and Propelling. I didn't want to spend 20 plus minutes giving a full analysis of how Jalen Brunson's play has been so far in this young season because it's just way too early for that, but I am going to react to our players playing well. I mean, am I not supposed to do that? But for real, I have such high hopes for this Knicks offense being run by Jalen Brunson. Thank you for listening to Yelling and Propelling. Have a superb rest of your day or night, and I hope to see you again soon. Go Knicks.